Well, good morning, church family, friends, guests. Uh, good morning to those of you watching online right now live. We're so glad that you guys are all here. Happy May 1st. The calendar keeps on flipping, doesn't it? And we're moving forward, and uh, I'm excited to uh, go into our time today. Uh, we are continuing in our series on relationships called Rated E because relationships are for everyone. And really for uh, the, the benefit of our guests who maybe have not been here, and also as a reminder for those of you who have been here, I just want to uh, share with you a quick review of where we've been so far in this relationship series. Uh, we kicked off the series talking about friendships. We talked about a true friend sticks, and we looked at Proverbs 18.24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And then the week after that, we talked about marriage, and we know that Proverbs 18.22 says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. But we also know that just by finding a good person, that doesn't mean you're going to have a good marriage. And so we dove into Ephesians chapter 5 and looked at how our roles in marriage as a man and a woman uh, bring us to a place where when we look at God's word, God's instructions for marriage are to make us holy together, but also holy together. And then we also looked at parenting. Proverbs 22.6 says to train up a child and the way that they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. And we were challenged to raise up bold families for Jesus. And we were encouraged to memorize uh, Acts 4.29 as a prayer for boldness for our families. And then last week, we were uh, challenged to honor our parents. And we looked at Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. And we were reminded that we um, honor our parents best when we honor God most. And the best way to do that is to imitate Jesus. And by imitating Jesus, we have a childlike submission, a servant-hearted response, a kingdom-first focus, and a caregiver's provision. So uh, hopefully that's a reminder for those of you who've been with us. If, if any of those topics, uh, you were not here for them and they're of interest to you, just go back online and review, watch, listen, podcast, and, and enjoy them. Today, what I want to do is I want to concentrate on all the relationships that we have as men, especially for those of you who are fathers. But today really is for all men. They're for grandfathers and fathers and uncles and brothers and sons and nephews and mentors and single guys, whether, you, you know, maybe your future marriage, your future spouse, your future family, or, or just how you can operate as a godly man. And as men, we need to be constantly realigning ourselves with God's design for us as men to keep before us a vision of biblical manhood. And the verse that uh, as we've been going through Proverbs in the series, you know, trying to get wisdom for our relationships through Proverbs, the verse I selected today is Proverbs 20, verses 6 and 7, which says this, Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find, the righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. And we'll revisit that verse in a little bit. Now, ladies, before you check out, or just sit back and sharpen your elbow for the dude next to you, all right? <laughs> I really believe that there's something for everybody today as we talk about this, and here's why I need you to pay attention. Um, single ladies, all the single ladies in the house, uh, you will want today to be a reminder of the profile of the kind of man that you should desire in your life. Wives, uh, today will be a, a reminder of how you can best pray 
for your husbands, or maybe fiancés for your future husbands. But for all women, grandmas, moms, daughters, aunts, sisters, and sisters in Christ, uh, think of the men in your life today, whatever role they serve, and let today be a prayer list for you, for the men and the boys in your life. Because we need your prayers. We need the powerful prayers of the women in our lives so that we can walk the way God wants us to walk. And what I say next, I say with both concern and compassion. Uh, The culture's attempt to define what it means to be a man or a woman is leading to a hemorrhage in our society. And it's leading to a hemorrhage in our families. And it's leading to a hemorrhage in what will be our future families. And in the name of personal freedom, many men and women are blindly living life with a distorted confused or impaired understanding of what it means to be a man or a woman. And some of you are feeling the direct impact of that dilemma. And some of us are feeling the indirect impact of that dilemma. Now regarding men, uh, there's such a large scope of misalignment to God's design. When we think about uh, extremes. So on one extreme, we, we have this um, you know, hyper-masculinity, over-aggressive tendency on one side, one extreme. And we have a hypo-masculinity, even to the point of gender identification with women, on the other. And, and there's obviously bigger talks that we can have. There are obviously conversations of physical and psychological and environmental influences that we can have. But for this time, I want to focus on God's spiritual design and characteristics for us as men. Character traits that he's imprinted on us uh, himself. That the creator, our father, God has actually imprinted or infused upon men himself. And so before we move into this topic any further, I just want to pause and pray with you, and then we'll move into this topic. Lord, we do come to you right now. And you are a heavenly father, and you are perfect in all your ways, and your design is perfect. And God, you've given us instructions. You've given us clarity, Lord. And Lord, uh, some of us do the best we can to operate by your design. Lord, some of us have been confused. Some of us have bought into uh, other views. But I pray that you can just unite our hearts today to be eager students, to learn from your word, to learn how to be like you, and to operate out of the design that you've given. So Lord, I pray that every man of every stage in life and every woman in every stage of life uh, will receive from you today. So God, be our teacher, be our instructor, be our guide. We ask in Jesus' name. We all said together, amen. Let's start with one of the most basic questions. What does it mean to be a man? What's it mean to be a man? Much has been said to capture God's call for us as men. We're to be warriors and poets and lovers and servants and initiators and priests and risk takers and good communicators. We've been called to put God first. And we've been called to love and to provide and to protect and to intercede and to grow and to reject passivity and to accept responsibility and to lead courageously. We've been called to be men who lead with conviction and compassion, to be as strong as a lion, but as gentle as a lamb. And all outcomes that we're talking about, uh, that we have just mentioned, come out of an understanding of God's design for us as men. But for today, I want to summarize God's calling for us as men in this simple phrase. We want to walk the way our father walks, and as we want our children to walk. 
Let's walk the way our Father walks, our Heavenly Father, and the way we would desire and long for our children or future children to walk. Let's look again at Proverbs 20, verses 6 through 7. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. This really is kind of a call your bluff type of verse that a man can proclaim or declare or brag on his ability to be a man. Uh, uh, he can brag on his character. He can profess an incredible steadfast love. But is that reality or is he in denial? Is it genuine or is he just reading his own self-published press? Who can find a real faithful man? That's what the verse is saying. As men, we are walking, but are we walking in the ways of the Lord? As men, as we walk through life, are we walking in the ways of the flesh? Are we walking in the ways of the world? Whose imprint are we trying to live out? And I want to focus on three characteristics, three qualities that you find in men who are trying to walk like the Heavenly Father. They're seen in this verse. They're pretty obvious, but let's hit them. Men trying to walk like the Heavenly Father will be men who walk in faithfulness. A faithful man who can find, right? Instead of being a man who merely proclaim to be steadfast in love, we need to be men who live a life of faithful demonstration of our love and our character. Faithful, let's get this on the table, faithful does not mean flawless. It doesn't mean perfect. You know, the, the Hebrew word here in this passage, in the original language, is the word a moon for faithful. It means to be trustworthy, that we're faithful because we're trustworthy, that we can be trusted and consistent and faithful as men. So uh, not men of merely hopeful intentions, but men of action. To lead the ones we love to live holier, healthier happier lives. Well, what keeps us from living faithful a lot of times is for some of us men is we struggle with a pride. We're, we're prideful or we're arrogant or we feel like we're above accountability. And so we, we have a hard time walking faithful because uh, we have an overinflated view of self. What keeps some of uh, the other men in this room or watching online from being faithful is that we have an underinflated view of ourselves. Uh, you've been beaten down. You feel insecure. You feel uncertain. So it's hard to be faithful because you feel paralyzed. And so whether you have an underinflated view of yourself or an overinflated view of ourselves, they both prevent us from being faithful. But the good news is God has given us power to overcome either one. And so some of us, God has provi provided the humility that we need to get out of that overinflated view of self. And God has provided the courage to overcome the underinflated view of self. In the Lord, we can have these things through relationship with Jesus Christ. And faithfulness bears great fruit in our life with the Lord, and faithfulness bears great fruit in the lives of the people we love. Proverbs 3, 3-4 says, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So we have to fight for steadfast love. We have to fight for faithfulness, men, and not let go of them. Favor with God is on the line when it comes to our faithfulness. Favor with people, with our loved ones, with our kids, our families, is on the line when it comes to our faithfulness. And so we need this vision of a biblical manhood, 
a biblical manhood that leads us to walk faithfully and to fiercely lead and serve and provide spiritually and emotionally and physically and relationally for our loved ones. And it's out of our love for God that we do this, and it's out of our love for our family that we do this. So men, are we walking in faithfulness? What is a good intention that you need to make good on? What is a promise that you need to keep? What do you need to walk like the Father in order to walk in faithfulness? We also see, according to this verse, that men trying to walk like our Heavenly Father will also be men who walk in righteousness. Will be ones who walk in faithfulness and ones who walk in righteousness. Proverbs 27 speaks of the righteous. Now, the righteous word here in the Hebrew is a cool word. It's the word tzaddik, tzaddik, and it means just. It means righteous in conduct and character. Men who will consistently choose what is right and what is just and what is true and to operate out of moral wholeness. That's what tzaddik means, to be the righteous one. And so will we be men of truth or men of falsehood? Will we be men of um, encouragement or of discouragement? Will we be men of slander or praise? Will we be men of purity or impurity, of abuse or kindness, of neglect or care? Will we be unethical or honest as men? Will we be men of compromise or men of conviction? Will we be righteous? 1 John 2, 29 says this, If you know that he, God, is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. So trying to walk like our Heavenly Father will lead us as men to have an inclination to be right with Him and right with others and to do right. And let's be clear. Let's bring clarity here. There is a difference between sinning and living in sin. And there's a difference between doing something wrong and habitually doing wrong. And so you can still be a man of righteousness and sin. You can still be a man of righteousness and do something wrong. Again, it's not perfection. But we cannot be men of righteousness if we're habitually doing wrong and that we live in sin and we practice sin. As John just said here, it's that we practice righteousness. That's our default. That's the majority. That's what's typically seen coming from our lives by those who know us and love us. Of course, the bad news is God has made very clear that there is no true righteousness in us, right? That we're sinners. And so we naturally are disobedient. We naturally are morally bankrupt, that we defy God and disobey God naturally. So we can achieve a level of goodness to a point in our life without the Lord in our life, but we can't achieve the righteousness that's being talked about here. The good news, of course, is that we can be righteous in Christ. We can be righteous through Christ because God has imputed, God has credited, God has applied the righteousness of Jesus Christ to those who come in faith to Christ who say, I'm lost, I'm broken, I'm sinful. God came in person. Jesus Christ is God. He died on the cross. He rose from the grave to conquer sin and death. And I believe in him and I trust in him. And I turn for myself. I turn from trusting in myself and I turn to trusting in Christ. And when we do that, the righteousness of Jesus is applied to our account. Amen. Thank God for his goodness. And so we can, in Christ, righteously uh, walk because God made it possible. Now, 
As we talk about righteousness, we know there's no shortage of ways that we can sin. We know that there's no shortage of ways that we can be uh, unrighteous. But man, let's just talk for a minute. Let's press into this just a little bit more about one specific area that we need to assure ourselves that we will walk righteous in. And it's how we treat women. It's how we treat women women in a righteous way. Biblical masculinity inclines a man to feel a responsibility for leadership and protection and provision toward women in general, not just our wives and our family members. And so if a man does not feel a sense of responsibility to honor women, to lead and protect and provide and show respect for women in general, then his masculinity is immature at best and sinful at worst. Because God has given us that desire to honor and respect and to treat women well. He's given us that. And so biblical manhood does not mean brute dominance, but bold sacrifice. Biblical manhood is not apathetic and passive but it's intentional and proactive. Biblical manhood honors women and does not see them as a creature to be dominated or objects to be exploited, but a preciously, divinely created complement to be loved, to be cherished, to be valued, to be protected, and to be treasured. And this is when the ladies say, Amen. (laughs) If you're having a hard time of seeing what that looks like, look no further than Jesus. Just look at Jesus. He's the perfect model of being a man, strong but gentle, not demanding to be served, but willing to serve and sacrifice. And look how women felt around Jesus. If you're familiar with the stories, think about the woman at the well. Think of the woman who was caught in adultery. Think of the woman who anointed Jesus with perfume. Think of the woman who had chronic bleeding that approached Jesus. Think of all the women that followed Jesus. They felt safe with him. They felt vulnerable with him. They felt protected and cared for and led by him. And so uh, they longed to be with him, not in that sensual way, but just out of care and relational connection. Jesus is our model, men. And so all the qualities and all the attributes for righteousness and biblical manhood are found in Jesus. And so if we as men want the qualities of righteousness and biblical manhood, then we need to be like Jesus. And the only way that's possible is to be in relationship with Jesus. So men, are you walking in righteousness? What convictions do you need to act upon? What character or behavior changes do you need to make? What attitudes toward women do you need to repent of and change? What part of biblical manhood needs to be embraced and lived out in order for you to walk like the Father and to walk in righteousness? To walk like our Father means we walk in faithfulness, we walk in righteousness, and men trying to walk like our Heavenly Father will be men who walk in integrity. Men who walk in integrity. The Hebrew word here in this passage is the word tom, spelled like tom, it's tom. It means to be complete, full, full measure, undivided. We understand integrity like this. It's being authentic. It's being real. It's without double-mindedness. It's unimpaired. It's uh, sound. It's intact. Think of the Titanic a mighty ship, but when its hull lost its integrity, it took on water and sunk because it lost its soundness. Now again, we're not talking about perfection, but we're talking about a dedication to being real and undivided in who we are 
and transparent as men, complete fullness in our efforts to consistently live for the Lord and to walk like the Lord. The other thing about integrity, integrity protects from iniquity. Like, think about it. It takes years to build up a good reputation. It takes years to build up a good name. And only seconds of sin or seconds of foolishness to lose it. Just like that. Proverbs 10.9 says this, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. But he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. And we're men of integrity, which means we walk with good conscience. You know, when we walk in integrity, we, we don't feel bad. We don't have guilt. We don't feel shame. Uh, we don't walk around with an unconfessed sin or a secret sin um, chaining us up on the inside. We, we walk free and uh, without uneasiness and without guilt when we walk in integrity. And so if we walk in integrity, we walk securely, and it helps our family feel secure. Look, moms feel more secure when they know their boys are walking in integrity. Wives feel secure when they know their husbands walk in integrity. Girls feel good and secure when their daddy walks in integrity. Sisters in Christ feel safe around men. We're brothers in Christ who walk in integrity. And so we need to walk in integrity. And we understand that the, the, the reason some of you might not be... Um, Walking in integrity is because you've got a secret sin locked up. You're doing something or you've done something that's unconfessed and, and, and no one knows or you think no one knows. Because here's the reality. Whenever we have secret sin, it seeps into the lives of others around us whether we know it or not. We treat others different around us when we're harboring something sinful in our life, whether we know it or not or like it or not. And so we have to deal with that if we're going to walk in integrity. Now, integrity doesn't mean that we never mess up. But it includes admitting when we mess up. We own it, and we make amends, and we repent, and we change direction. Like, I, I had one of those moments about a month ago. It was one of those less-than-glorious moments for me as a husband and a father. And it, and it was evening time. And uh, one of my kids just pushed all the right buttons. They know where those buttons are, don't they? And they pushed all the right buttons, and they were just pushing back and challenging and not obeying. And next thing I know, I was up in this child's face. And I said, you're going to do what you're told. And then I just started repeating that. You will do what you're told. And I got louder and louder and louder. At the same time, I had a spatula in my hand because I was cooking. And I started slamming the spatula on the counter every time I said that. And I reached a volume. I think I broke a sound record personally. I broke the spatula <laughs> banging it on the counter, and I broke a moment of trust and safety with my child. Because my wife walked in, Rika walked in, to diffuse the situation. Well, the hose was already on, so it just redirected and hit her. And I just blasted her. And when that was all said and done, the, 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 the grotesqueness of what I was doing, like in the moment, you've been there, you're just like, what am I doing? And the conviction was instant, and it was deep, and it was grievous. And so I went, and I found my wife, and I said, I absolutely apologize for the way I spoke to you. You did not deserve that. You were right. I had no excuse. I had to listen to her exhort me a little bit in that moment. 100% guilty. You're right. I went to my other two children, and I told them, the way Daddy reacted was wrong. It was sinful. 
The way I spoke to your sibling was not right. And uh, daddy messes up, and daddy still needs Jesus every day. And so I'm sorry if I scared you. I'm sorry if I made you uncomfortable. What I did was not pleasing to the Father. And what I did was not pleasing to you guys. I'm sorry. And then I found the child that I had done that with. And I just held them. And I just apologized. And I just told them that no matter what decision they made, they didn't deserve what I did. And I just prayed with them and I loved on them and I apologized and I told them, Daddy will never talk to you that way again. I had to own it. And you know what? If I'm going to be a man who walks with faithfulness and righteousness and integrity, I'll make good on that promise. And that child will never experience that ugly old man that for whatever reason stuck his decrepit old hand out of the grave that night. We all mess up. Integrity doesn't mean we don't mess up. It's just that we own it when we do. And we press on in faithfulness. So men, where are we walking in integrity? When may may there be a, a breach in your hole right now that water's getting in? What hidden sin do you need to bring to light to confess? How have you messed up and who do you need to apologize to repent so that you can walk as the Father walks and walk in integrity? I want to show you something. There's a benefit when we walk this way. There's a benefit. Look at Proverbs 20 again, verses 6 and 7. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man who can find. The righteous who walks in his integrity. What's the benefit? Blessed are his children after him. And there's benefit to walking as the Lord intends us to walk. And according to our text, the way we walk affects our children. And the man who walks in faithfulness and righteousness and integrity blesses his family, specifically his children. It says they are blessed. You know what that word means? Happy. Happy are the kids who have dads, and, and we can extend that, you know, uncles and grandpas and, you know, brothers that walk in faithfulness and righteousness and integrity that are happy. And therefore, uh, if we don't walk like the Father, we're depriving our children of happiness. We're affecting the environment where happiness can't dwell like God intends for it to. And so our kids need to see examples of us um, in victory and dealing with failure in the right way too. They need to see that example because we know that our kids typically will do what we do rather than do what we say. And that's a constant convicting reminder that no matter what I tell my children, they're probably just going to imitate me rather than just do what I tell them. That's why we have to walk as our father walks and as we want them to walk. And so we better walk well, man. We need to walk as we want our children to walk. Now, I know what some of you men are thinking. You're thinking, there's no way. There's no way I can do this. It's too late. I've messed up. I've had too many years maybe of being the wrong guy. I've, I've said things and done things that's too late. I've blown it. I've tried. Let me just remind you, it's never too late. It's never too late. And when you understand God and when you understand Jesus Christ, you understand that there's new life in Christ. And you can be a new man in Christ. If you come to Jesus and if you surrender to Jesus and let the Holy Spirit empower you to be the man that God has called us to be. And beyond that, even greater news is that God has made an imprint on your life at creation. 
We look at Genesis 1.27, it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. This means that we are a, represent, a representation of his likeness, which means we're unique in all of creation. And men and women have unique roles because they're made like the Lord and unique functions, and he's imprinted his image and nature upon us. And so God possesses the qualities of faithfulness and righteousness and integrity. And because we're made in his image, he's imprinted those qualities and the capacities for those qualities onto us. God's faithful. Psalm 86, 15, but you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. God's a God of righteousness. If you were in our Bible reading plan yesterday, hopefully you all are following along, you were in Psalm 119, and it was verses 137, 138. It said, righteous are you, O Lord, and right are your rules. You've appointed your testimonies in righteousness and in all faithfulness. God is righteous, and God's a God of integrity. Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. There's no breach in his hole. There's no shift. There's no change. He always is, always was, always will be. And God is God of faithfulness. God's a God of righteousness. God's a God of integrity. And when he created us, he imprinted those qualities onto us. So they're possible. He's given us those capacities. And so men, we need to embrace that imprinting. And we need to be aware that we live in a world that's offering us a different imprint that wants us to take the counterfeit manhood that the world has to offer and that the flesh wants to gravitate toward and, and to take us away from God's imprint. And so God's given us this divine imprint for biblical manhood in Scripture. It's all through God's Word. It permeates God's Word. It's not found in culture. It's not found um, as, as a result of personal opinion. It's not found with public opinion. It's not found by our personal feelings or, or political policy. It's not found at the bar with other guys making uh, jokes about women and exploiting women. It's not found online by those who are making millions by assaulting the eyes and minds and hearts of men all over the world with images that dishonor women and dishonor the God who made them. Who are we taking our cues from? Whose imprint are we trying to live out? Are we taking our cues from God or from others? From the word or from the world? From Christ or from culture? Who's making the biggest imprint in your life? What imprint are you making in the lives of others who are looking to you? You know, if you had great fathers, thank them. And for those of us who didn't, God's imprint still comes through. We're not off the hook because God's given us his word. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us Christian community. You can hang out with godly men, and we're not off the hook. And so for those of you with godly men in your life, husbands, dads, grandpas, uncles, brothers, sons, thank them and thank God for them. And for those of you, maybe you didn't have a good dad, you can be a good dad in Christ. And maybe you didn't have a godly father, but you can be a godly father. It's possible in Christ. And the confusion on biblical manhood and womanhood is not because of the Democratic and Republic party lines. It's not because of liberal conservative views. It's not because of the signs on the bathroom. It's not because of a ring or a piece of paper that's authorized by the state or federal government. It's confusion that's a result of sin. Sin is the root issue. If you want to be restored to God, if you want to be restored to biblical manhood and biblical womanhood, you've got to deal with the root issue of sin. 
That's where it begins. Stop attacking the wrong um, source and go after the source. The only chance we have is dealing with sin. That's why we look to the cross. That's why we look to Christ. That's why we worship the risen one. That's why the empty cross that Jesus died on for our sins and the empty tomb that Jesus rose from gives us hope, gives us understanding, and gives us new life. We can be realigned. We can be restored back to God's design and live out the imprint that he's given us. We can't walk in faithfulness unless we know the faithful one. We can't walk in righteousness unless we know the righteous one. We can't walk in integrity unless we know the one who has no flaw or crack in his character or nature. We can't even truly love without knowing the one who is love. And so where some of us need to start is coming to Christ or for some of us, getting back to Christ if we want to deal with these issues. And so men, we need to live out what God has put in. We need to be men trying to walk like our Heavenly Father, walking in faithfulness and walking in righteousness and walking in integrity. You know, as you hear this, let me just pose a couple questions, man. One is this. Which one of these three qualities has God given you the strength to walk in? Maybe you're having great victory in faithfulness or righteousness or integrity. Which one do you need God to help you walk stronger in when it comes to faithfulness and righteousness and integrity? You know, I think about all that we've talked about over this last few weeks. I think about what we're talking about today. I'm going, you know what? It's the faithful, righteous men of integrity that have a better chance to be holy and healthy and happy. It's the faithful, righteous men of integrity that have a better chance of being a friend that sticks and finding a friend that sticks. It's the faithful, righteous men of integrity that have a better chance of leading their wives to be holy together and holy together. It's the righteous and faithful man of integrity that has a better chance to raise up a bold family for Jesus. It's a faithful, righteous man of integrity that has a better chance of imitating Jesus and the honoring of their parents. And it's the faithful, righteous man of integrity who has a better chance of walking the way the father walks and as they want their children to. There's some ways that we can live out what we've talked about today. For the men, become very acquainted with Proverbs 26 and 7. Memorize it. Any of the verses that we've talked about, memorize it. And put them in places where you can see them. Let your phone send you an alert with that verse every day. Write it down on post notes and stick it all over the places where you need to. Ladies, don't do it for the guys as a hint, hint, hint. That doesn't always work well. Guys, you write it down. Take initiative. But for you ladies, I do have request of you, out on the table and you walk out, there's just a bunch of baskets full of thank you cards. Who's a godly man in your life? Maybe it's your husband, I hope it's your husband, but if you're not married or you're thinking of your father or a brother or just a brother in Christ, today would you just take a thank you card and would you just, not a quick, just write a quick note of thanks that they're a godly man? Men don't always get affirmed that they're trying to live for the Lord. They get beat up a lot about where they mess up. They don't always get affirmed. And so grab a thank you card and Put one in the hands of a godly man that you love and appreciate sometime in the next 24 hours. A few resources that I recommend if this is something you want to press into. Uh, we provide a free access to a library for you guys on our website. It's called Right Now Media. There's a bunch of men's studies on there, videos, studies, lessons on being a godly man. So some of you men, just for personal study or with another group of dudes, get together and, and dive into one of those. A couple great books I recommend, Recovering Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. This is for all of us here. It's a great book by John Piper and Wayne Grudem. Also, Manhood Restored by Eric Mason is another great book that you can dive into. 
For those of you who, as I talked today, what became most clear is that you just need to be in relationship with Jesus. Just turn that corner today. Just acknowledge that you're lost and broken and sinful. And just tell the Lord, say, Lord, I'm coming to you. I repent. I turn from trusting myself. I'm going to come to you today. I need you in my life. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the grave. I'm going to follow you. If you do that, I'm going to ask that you take a response card from the chair around you and just write down, I'm coming to Jesus today. I'm coming to Jesus today for the first time. And we'll get in touch with you and tell you how you can walk in Christ and what turning to Christ means for you, not just in this life, but for the next. And let us know about that. Also, uh, we have a prayer cove in that corner. And after the service, if you're a man today that just feels like you need some extra prayer, go to that corner and there'll be some men there who will just pray for you. Men that maybe you've got a sin to confess. Or you just need help praying in one of these areas. There'll be someone there to lift you up and pray for you. What I want to do right now is I want to invite all men to stand. Would, would all of you men stand with me, please? I'm going to invite up a friend and a brother and elder in our church to join me up here, Dwayne Myatt. Dwayne, I know you're in here somewhere. Dwayne is one of our elders in our church who voluntarily leads and tries to live this out in his own life. And what we want to do is just close in prayer for you men, all men, young boys, older men. Uh, we just want to ask that God would make this become real in our life. And ladies, join us in prayer and continue in prayer for these things because we want to walk as the Father walks and as we want our children to walk. So, Dwayne, would you pray for us, please? Sure. Lord, our desire as men is to serve you with authenticity, with humility, with grace, and with mercy. Lord, we ask that we would reject passivity, and Lord, that we would be men of faithfulness. Lord, may we serve better in our deeds than with our words. Lord, we'd, we'd love to serve you, and we just ask that even though we others may recognize and reward the things that everyone sees, that, Lord, you know the things that no one sees, for you reward the things of the heart. Lord, we just lift up and pray for the men here uh, to be men of righteousness. And Lord, um, we just ask that we would stand for truth, that you would give us insight um, to rise above the fray of this world for the compromise and for the passivity that is so prevalent. And Lord, we just uh, ask that uh, we would not embrace those philosophies of this world that are so enticing and that are so uh, logical, but Lord, that you'd give us to be balanced believers. Lord, that you'd give us the, the discernment to know that when to be still and to be quiet, to, to have those times when we say, Lord, the battle is yours. Help us to uh, take it from us. And then, there, Lord, there are other times when even though we may be alone, that we would stand for righteousness, no matter the cost. Lord, we're called to be men of integrity. Lord, we, we desperately need you to unravel the, the mess of our bad habits, to, to untie the knots of our past. Lord, we commit to live lives of purity. And Lord, we just ask you to restore us to, to lives of personal integrity. And then lastly, Lord, I just pray for the fathers that are here, for those of us that many times it's a difficult and, and thankless job. But Lord, uh, we would just ask the, for your encouragement for each of us that hold that role. Lord, uh, guard our hearts, strengthen our resolve. Lord, give us your strength, your courage, your wisdom. 
And uh, Lord, just help us to lead our families with love and grace. And uh, Lord, we just, uh, we need this day bring honor to you and to the men of CVC, in whose name I pray, Jesus. Amen.